Voices of Upstream is the official podcast of the Upstream Initiative. Upstream is a celebration of Minnesota's natural places and the people who care for it. I'm Andy Goldman Gray, Initiative Director for Upstream. Upstream is a love letter to Minnesota, and we lift up and tell the stories of how we, as Minnesotans, care for our places and our people. We're doing it because Minnesota is special, and we have a common love of our state, and we all agree on the need to care for it. In our travels and conversations from all across our great state, from the Arrowhead to the Red River Valley, Austin to East St. Paul, we've witnessed something amazing, a shared value of caring for our natural places. It's evident that across what may seem like big differences, our geography, our ethnicity, our politics, we all love where we live, and we all take steps to be good stewards of Minnesota. So this podcast is a way to introduce you to some of the people we've met who love and care for this state. We're going to their favorite places, parks, forests, lakes, fields, the places they find special. We're going to find out what makes their places special to them and hear from them about how they care for their places. Welcome to Voices of Upstream. I'm your host, Andy Goldman Gray. Today we're at Lakewood Cemetery near Uptown in Minneapolis with Upstream advisor Karen Dewar. Karen works with the Regional Council of Mayors and Minnesota Mayors together, working with their cities on issues and opportunities for municipalities large and small. Karen, who led the Urban Land Institute for many years, lives in Minneapolis and visits Lakewood as a place of quiet and contemplation. Karen, it's great to be with you in your favorite place today. Thank you, Andy. Happy to be here. So, Upstream celebrates our natural places. Some of those are um, manicured, like a cemetery. Some are wild, like if you're walking along the Mississippi River. Describe to our listeners um, our surroundings right now. Well, thank you. So, we're sitting in a reflective area with a reflecting pool and um, enjoying the airplane traffic overhead, which is totally random. You can't count on when or um, how long. I would say that Lakewood is both manicured and wild, and that's one of the things that I love about it. We're sitting and looking at the sprinklers, which are pretty in their own way, and um, looking forward to the conversation we're gonna have. Yeah, we're surrounded by maple trees, uh, looks like some fruit trees, and I see probably 30 robins who are enjoying what must be coming up because of the sprinklers just flitting around. It's beautiful here. Well, we may get lucky and see some geese or turkey or ducks. Um, we have quite a large flock of turkeys that reside in Lakewood, a fox um, or two deer. Uh, so we'll see. And you're, you live nearby? I live just a few blocks away. And this is on your normal walking path, right? It has become a normal walking path. I don't often think about a cemetery as a place to go and experience the outdoors. Um, why is this place attractive to you? So that's a great question. I've lived nearby for decades. And um, when COVID hit, I really ramped up my walking and the lake, and so did everybody else. And I'm very near also East Bidet or Bidet Makaska. And it's crowded around the lakes. And you may remember we were all scared of crowds. So I came over here and this became my walking place. I mean, other than the airplane, you can hear almost no city noise in here. It's very peaceful, very soulful, beautiful. Um, there's just a gorgeous mix of trees. This may seem odd, but the monuments themselves are works of art. Lots of history here, and there are many different walking paths in here. In fact, you could get lost. Have you gotten lost before? 
For a time, yes, I have. <laughs> I mean, if you keep going in a straight line, eventually you're going to hit Hennepin or the lake. Or, oh, right. You, yeah. you just sort of watch to see what your marker is. So we're sitting by one of the um, chapels or the mausoleum, and it's clear that the architecture has taken the natural surroundings into effect. The green roofs across from us. So um, tell us a little bit more about the design of the cemetery as you know it um, and how how people use this, not just as a place to come and honor the dead, but also as a place to honor the living. So the cemetery is celebrating 150 years this year. Wow. And used to be connected by the trolley, so people could, and when 150 years ago, people lived downtown and they came here, as many people did, they used their cemeteries as a park, as a place to get away from the city. Um, over, over time, the cemetery has added this um, chapel, which is based on Byzantine architecture and has the most gorgeous mosaic stained glass. And people use it for their funerals, weddings even. That may seem a little strange, but... Um, and now they have music in the chapel, which is fantastic. And then the new buildings that have been added, as you mentioned, Addie, Andy, they're really taking into consideration the place, the colors, the design, the form, so the buildings don't interrupt the gorgeous landscape. So in addition to the airplane, describe to our listeners what you're hearing and what you're smelling, sort of the, the other senses that you use when you're walking around in the park. So as soon as I enter the Lake, Lakewood Cemetery, I um, just settle down. This is a safe place for me. Um, a soulful place. It's wonderful through every single season. Um, I walk all winter long. I bought cleats that help you along the way. Uh, it's fun to watch the geese and their goslings. They're one of the first ones in the, in the spring and then the turkeys arrive and the geese and the turkeys fight and it's kind of interesting because the geese who are protecting their young beat off these big turkeys. So. Um, it's kind of a full, full mix, and not too far from where we're sitting, there is a lake, a pond, um, that's called Joe's Pond, and that's my traditional walking path, is I come in here. I don't, I explore, when I walk with friends, I explore, but when I come here by myself, I just like having my path, so I'm not having to think about where I'm going to go next. Um, one of the things that I see when I'm out in especially urban natural areas is um, a lot of people have dogs mm -hmm. and one of the things that's really notable here is you can't bring a dog in. You can't. And so it's actually a place to walk without the barking and the leashes and those that's kind right. of things. And some people really like that and I, we have a dog and we love her and we love taking her for walks but there's something about getting out where the dogs aren't disturbing the birds or that kind of thing. So if you're gonna come because you listen to this don't bring your dog. True. And you, they ask you and there isn't an armed guard at the you know so it's interesting if somebody doesn't know and does, people will be, will let you know. But it's never crowded. I mean, it's when there are events here, it's crowded. But and maybe I can talk about those. But <clears throat> do you see um, the same people walking here often? Like, is it is a there couple. a community that's built around the people that come here as a as a walking path and a oh, place to get outside? That's a great question. Um, I walk at such different times of the day. Uh, and there are a few that I would see, you know, I had a regular walking partner and she recently moved back to be with her family. So that was the only sort of regular time that I would 
walk. And you walk at different times because you've got a really fascinating job that keeps you busy all over the state, right? And I'm that kind of person. I don't like a schedule so much. <laughs> no, no structure on your walking <laughs> yeah, schedule. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about your job and what you do. So I um, am the director of the Regional Council of Mayors and more recently, since 2017, Minnesota Mayors Together. And the um, idea behind the, the Regional Council of Mayors is to create a platform for mayors across the metro and some, and this includes Rochester, I mean, we're not specific about where the boundary is, to come together once a month for two hours to learn together. So we bring in best practice speakers, we bring in the various commissioners of the state. So they we learn from others, they learn from each other, um, and the focus is mostly on real estate, although, um, this coming Monday, we are having our annual conversation with school superintendents. Fascinating. And this, um, to talk about how cities and schools together can focus on issues that are of concern to all of us. Um, it's totally voluntary. Anybody can come. It's one of those initiatives where you know you're succeeding because people are showing up. Mm -hmm. In 2017, we launched Minnesota Mayors Together out of a concern that the state then, we know it's true now, was very divisive and we thought that perhaps what we've learned through the mayor's work, that people coming together and learning together and building relationships together would help the divide throughout the state. For those meetings, we met seven times across the state. The model was to pair up a metro mayor with a greater min mayor for an evening of cocktails and a good dinner. And then the next morning, a deep dive on what are the things that are top of mind for you and top of mind for your um, residents. This, it, it, it is true that place and beauty and nature is top of mind for every, every mayor. Well, it's part of the founding idea with Upstream is that we can talk about this together across great difference because it's something that we all share and have in common. That's right. So what have you learned from those discussions with your mayors that um, that's helped inform Upstream or that you want people to think about as they think about this connection across geographic difference or political difference or um, ethnic or racial difference? What's the thing that you've seen that you want people to think about as they think about caring for their place? So we're not so different as you might think, as the mayor of Thief River Falls and the mayor of Edina, for instance, bonded and literally helped each other at the legislature on an issue that was common to both of them. By being together, it helps to establish empathy. You have these moments of, oh, I didn't know that. And it sort of shifts your perspective. So I know Upstream is very focused on that. That's one of the things that appeals to me about Upstream. Um, the challenge always is, you know, my, my mantra is what are we for? What can I do and what can we do together? And this last year, I would like to celebrate the fact that the mayor's really had a big, big impact on funding broadband, which impacts everybody. Yeah. We also got involved in the mental health issue, and um, worth and one of the big topics that's come up in our conversations, the most recent one in Rochester, 
which was the first time we were together since COVID, is incivility and mental health. Um, positivity and civility is a, a key thing that we need to work on if we're going to yeah. be able to relate to people that are different than us. Thank you for shifting that to a positive. Yeah, that's, <laughs> rather that's, than negative. that's other part of what Upstream does is yeah. make sure that we look at the assets that the state has and how we take care of those assets. Um, so preview a little bit for us the work that you are thinking about with the mayors on water, which is something else that connects all Minnesotans. So one of our mayors, the mayor of Minnetonka, coined the phrase, Water isn't a big problem until it is, and then it's really a big, or no, he said water isn't a problem until it is, and then it's a really big problem. So I think for the first time last summer, Minnesotans started to think, well, maybe we shouldn't be so cocky about our water resources, because as you know, we had a drought. You also know there's been more um, news articles about if a neighbor draws down a well, it impacts your well. We talked a little bit about Wiper Lake and the chemicals that are getting in our water. I know that um, Mississippi River serves many of our communities and what borders the river is mostly forest. And as the paper industry is in decline, mm -hmm. there's some thought that some of that land will be turned over to agriculture and then there's the tension around the needs of agriculture and the impact on water. So we're, we're just in the very early stages of looking at quantity and quality. It's so good that you're having those discussions now so that there are things that we can do about it before it becomes that big problem. Right, getting it, ahead of the, and I would say that we have a wonderful commissioner of DNR, wonderful commissioner of um, the PCA who we had at a recent meeting and they both emphasize the fact that the, they each have their own lane, their regulatory lane of what they can and they can't do. And there really isn't a mechanism to connect all the dots, how we play together. So that's one of the things we'll be looking at too. And that's how, that's how it comes home to roost in local politics and right. local engagement. Fascinating. So let's bring it back to Lakewood. Um, we actually have a little cloud cover now, which is giving us a little shade, which feels good because it's hot and humid today. Yes. Um, so who's one person you'd love to invite here for a walk you know living or dead fictional real away here whoever it is who's the one person you'd love to take a walk through lakewood cemetery with so i'm going to do the political thing i read your question because you sent it to me thank you andy and i thought no i'm going to answer the question i want to answer because <laughs> i always have trouble with the one the one i do um you i would love well, thank <laughs> we you should take a walk here for sure but I mentioned to you that I discovered COVID, or discovered Lakewood during COVID and s developed a s number of walking buddies because we all needed to be outside in safe places. And my work meetings turned into walk meetings and became regular walk meetings. So that was a real odd, you know, oddly, a blessing that came out of not only discovering this place, but also establishing um, walking buddies. But to, to have a conversation with one person, I don't, I, you know, it, it, it probably would be a, it probably, I'd want a soulful conversation with a powerful elected official to help them um, 
do what we all need to do, which is to be grounded in what we know is right. And that's one of the things that happens for me when I come to Lakewood, is that I hear things in, you know, with my own voices, I hear things that I don't when I'm sitting in front of a screen or... I think that's um, trying to some, send sometimes email. the one person that you need to take a walk with is yourself, yourself right. and that voice in your head that you need to calm down and listen to. Yeah. I don't normally answer this question. This is the question for guests, but I would bring my mom here. So she passed away 10 years mm. ago um, and she always wanted a big angel on her gravestone. And we ended up not, she then chose to be cremated. But I would like to walk around here and look at all of the, look at all of the monuments and stones because she would be I wanted that one or that one and I didn't get any of them they could be that'd be a fascinating walk for me well if I could follow on that question um, now we have some tree trimming work going on behind us I hope that's okay it's, it's okay it's, um, there's a lot of history here and when you walk around the cemetery you'll notice that the um, early graves um, are very family oriented yeah and as you move to the newer graves, not so much, because that's changed for our, his, our culture. They also created a uh, cremation garden, which is on Joe's Pond. Yeah. So just being intentional um, about those things is something that I think is part of the magic of Lakewood. And I took a little walk before you got here, and one of the things that was fascinating is it's like a study in um, influential and famous Minnesotans yes. and Minneapolitans to walk through here and look at some of the names that you know from history books or from the news. It's really interesting. It's true. So what's one thing you do to care for this place? So um, Lakewood, like m many places in um, our metro, greater Minnesota, has lost a lot of trees to ash bore, um, the ash borer. It was so sad to watch all those trees go down. So they have a program where you can buy a tree, which I did. Oh, fascinating. And um, in honor of my parents who are both gone. So there's a tree over by Joe's Pond, I walk by it every day, that has a little plaque on it. And um, it's right by the water, which I know mom and dad would have loved. Yeah. So that's one thing I do. It's a, so often we talk about what are the active things that we can do, like go mm -hmm. pick up trash or clean or weed mm -hmm. or whatever. And that's a really interesting way to honor uh, at the same time of taking care of place. Well, and taking care of our environment. And that is something is, you know, most of us know that one of the best things you can do for climate is plant a tree. So for those of your listeners, buy a tree at Lakewood. <laughs> So you talked about working with mayors uh, and cities on things, and you talked about especially real estate and land use, I would imagine yeah. that's what you're talking about. So how do the mayors you work with think about the natural spaces that we get to be stewards of? Like, what are the discussions that you hear them talking about when it comes to parks and forests and fields and those kind of things? So that's an interesting question because we don't talk about it much because it's not something that's controversial. It's not something that we need to learn more about and figure out what to hmm. do about it. So, you know, my original work with mayors started at the Met Council. We convened mayors to focus on affordable housing, for instance. What can mayors do about that? Or what can we do to support transit? Or what can we do to shift to a more carbon neutral economy? So mayors 
you know, the, the natural environment, your parks, your trails, isn't particularly controversial. So I've thought about that. You know, it's, it's not a focus, except for water. Except for water, which isn't a problem until it is, and That's then it's right. a big problem. That's right. So you've had the chance to visit many parts of Minnesota mm-hmm. as part of your work. What's one thing you think that's unique about Minnesota that other places wish that they had? We are blessed by the fact that wherever you are, you have access to nature. I think that many of us know that, and I think about it every day. I never, ever get, lose the, the sort of, oh, when I walk through those gates, and then I mentioned, too, I'm near Bede Makaska, I never take the lakes for granted. Um, what a gift, and I think this is true of, of our state. It's, and that's one of the reasons why I moved here, is I love the combination of great urban places, towns, city places, and um, their natural environment. And as I've been able to travel around the state, and learn about some of these other natural environments that I didn't know about. It's like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know there were so many lakes in western Minnesota. Yeah. Because we think of northern Minnesota, we think of the boundary, you know, boundary water area, North Shore. It's, oh, it's or drive through south eastern, the the terrain there is just. You almost feel like you're going to go off the road because it's so beautiful. It's Yeah, especially in the fall. That's yes. the best time to take that drive. It is. Not always the middle of winter. That could be a little slippery. <laughs> I would. Right. So you True said enough. you moved here. Um, where'd you move from? Chicago. An Illinois person. Yeah. Yeah, good choice coming here. Yes. <laughs> so if you couldn't live here, what's one other place you'd like to live? I'd want to live near my children. And they, where are they? My, we grow up here and... Um, my daughter more recently and the, her three kids family moved out to Bainbridge in Seattle. He got hired by Amazon. So, and I visit Bainbridge often. That is- Another beautiful uh, place. Oh my gosh. And then my son's in the Milwaukee area and lives in a beautiful area. Uh, small, sort of neighborhoody, great places. And of course you have Lake Michigan in Milwaukee, so. How do I split the baby, you know? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just get a condo in each of those yeah, places. Yeah, that sounds and, good. <laughs> and spend time out in Bainbridge in the, in the summer. In the and summer. And I don't know. Oh, no, that doesn't make sense. Like, I have to. Maybe you need I three. like winter, though, do actually. You? Yeah, You're yeah. one of those people. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's not the part of Minnesota that I totally love. I yeah. put up with because the spring and the fall and the summer is so beautiful. You have to get really fun clothes that you like putting on then you look forward to being able to <laughs> yeah. wear them i'm the kind of person that once i get cold it's, oh. d- it's done until i get into a hot shower in front of a fire or something like that but i have a recommendation for you okay let me hear it so i recently bought a sauna for my lower level and it's an infrared sauna yeah we have one too oh so that doesn't even help you well that does but <laughs> yeah. then you got to go inside to get in the sauna well there's true yeah <laughs> Well, Karen, thanks for inviting me to be in your favorite natural place in Minnesota. Thank you, Andy. It's good to talk to you, and thanks for going upstream. Of course. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Voices of Upstream, a podcast celebrating Minnesota's natural places and the people who care for them. You can learn more about upstream and the people and places we celebrate by going to www.mnupstream.org 
and following us on social media at MN Upstream on Instagram and Facebook and Minnesota Upstream on LinkedIn. Take 15 minutes every Friday to get outdoors to one of your favorite places and take a photo, breathe fresh air, and connect to our great outdoors. Tag your photos with hashtag Fresh Air Friday and follow us at MN Upstream. That's all for today. Onward and Upstream.